This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host and editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me, high-fiving me, hmm. Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Hey up. Yep. Fives, high fives all around. Yeah. What time is it? Five past Sheffield United. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to think of a load of five-isms, but I'm, I, I'm running short. I, I didn't really give it much thought, to be honest. I was hoping more for the headline, Sheffield United hit for six, but we didn't quite get there, did we? Thanks to Morgan Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> He's the new I'll scapegoat people. You heard it here first. <laughs> Got to get in early on the scapegoats, tee them up, set them up. This is the question. Has he failed the My Old Man Said Gary Gardner test? Big mm. chance on debut. When you get a big chance on your debut, the goal is a gaping and it's like, oh, he's not going to make it, is he? I mean, maybe he's been watching Zaniola in training and thought that's how you do it. Maybe that's why uh, that happened. So at least we've given you the alpha intel on who's the next Villa scapegoat. Can we add anything to that in this show? Let's find out, shall we? How are you, gentlemen? I'm all the better for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm much better off that. I mean, after the Newcastle defeat, I was like, a, I was like an emo again. I was just walking around listening to press and music and everything else. <laughs> Did you grow a fringe? <laughs> it's like, well, welcome to He's the black period. My chemical romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky. I, I dodged all of that emo. Uh, I think my sister, youngest, much younger sister, was into that. But uh, anything else happening in it. your life? So I, I feel on my recommendation, you've started the Australian Traitors. You, you were watching Traitors the other week. I, I'd watched the first UK series, but then that was it. But then uh, last week, I've kind of... Uh, consumed it all i'm an expert on it now yeah the aussie one is the best i think just the the second half of both the aussie series uh, actually good tv and none of them are like making phony love island relationships they're all in for the kill phil's got nothing to say no just i'm still thinking about who'd make the best villa trader but no that's that's going to rumble on for a few weeks we'll have to devote them out or seek I them think out morgan rogers with his finishing <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm being harsh on purpose it's a joke. Supporting the show this week, it's a return of one of our favourite sponsors, Penfold Pensions. On my All Men Said podcast, we do refuse gambling adverts and sponsorships because we prefer, rather than firms taking money off you for supporters, to actually think about their long-term investment and empowering yourselves financially rather than just siphoning all your money away. So one thing you should always have in your investment strategy is a pension as your most conservative play and benefiting from compound interest and 25% government tax relief top-ups on any contributions. This helps your pension rise on top of the contributions you actually put in yourself. The good thing about Penfold is it takes like five minutes to set up. You just download the app 
from getpenfold.com slash mums. And if you join up through that link, you will get a £50 top up by using the code mums when you open your pension. It's the ease of use, flexibility, and also low rates that has made it my personal pension plan so do go to getpenfold.com slash moms to check out all the details as with all investments your capital is at risk but your money is fscs protected so check it out and take the sensible approach to looking after your long-term finances Right, coming up in the show, we will get into this 5-0 result. It's one of those games, if Bailey started, then we had every chance of winning it. And if we actually played to our full potential, you should win it comfortably, because, come on, they're not very good. I don't know what was happening at Villa Park, people. I don't know why we lost our uh, 100% record at home to the it Blades. It was the manager of the month curse. Well, was it again? Did he have yeah. it then? Because that was going yeah, back. he got it in January, didn't he, for December? Yeah, but Sheffield United game was before. Yeah, he was allowed a blip, though. Yeah, that was a PGMLL blip against Sheffield yeah. United. I'm still blaming the referee for that one. Agreed. But we needed Villa to step up and take care of business against these, let's say, awful sides. I mean, there's a lot of awful sides. There's a lot of inconsistent sides in this league. It's not all what it's cracked up to be, but there's certain teams you could you should be putting to the sword, especially after you've played the treble winners off the park in emphatic style. So something was not quite right at Villa and at least we've suddenly got a response and we needed a response because we've got two biggish games coming up against Chelsea in the FA Cup and then Manchester United at home, which I'm marking down as if you think Villa are taking Champions League seriously, they've got to beat those red bastards uh, (laughs) at Villa Park. Red, I only call them red bastards because I was <laughs> I was going to say red devils, but I thought that just sounds too corny. And that's part of their branding. And to be honest, we've got to keep on track for one more podcast with the Sean Bean themes that seems to have gone down well with people. Well, I think we've done that before. <laughs> we've played Sheffield United. It's not as if it's like a novel concept. I but thought, it always yeah. goes down well. I think people have forgotten about the last time we used it because you know what Sheffield United are like. They kind of pop in and out of the Premier League, so... After being away for three seasons, you can just use the same material. Yeah, but like Sean Bean, just popping, popping in and out of films just to get killed off in different ways. Well, yeah, yeah actually, his track record for getting kills pretty, uh, pretty good in uh, films. Right, Villa News. Villa find. Who find them? Premier League, FA? FA, I think. It's not another FA fine. Yeah. I'm referring to the uh, the £5 million fine they got from the FA for not uh, having support or consultation on the badge and, and the 15-point deduction that's coming in there our way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's, I was going to keep that under my, my hat. But no, Aston Villa have been fined £180,000 for the altercations uh, when they played Brentford. Whose fault was that? The refs. Martinez. Brentford got charged less, didn't they? They did. I think they got 170 they got. So we're blaming it on Martinez. Mm -hmm. Because also in the game, Watkins was taking dog's abuse from a fan that he kept taunting. He gave it back to him, didn't he, when he scored? Yeah, no, exactly. 180,000, that's what, about about half a season of lower grounds income or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. 
Oh, we're gonna we're just gonna fuck us for FFP then, isn't it? <laughs> to those goons that think lower grounds and terrace view are, are going to influence FFP in any way, I don't know. Or we'll get us of, competing with Man United. Yeah, I don't know what kind of pipe dream you, you live in there. It's barely somebody's weekly wages what we're getting, you know, annually. Injury update. We're still waiting for Torres. Allegedly, next week. Potentially Manchester United, but I don't want to get our hopes up. I reckon he might be on one. the bench for Manu. Duran looks long term. We're talking months. So, uh, step forward, Zaniola. He's going to replace him now. Oh, he's injured as well. <laughs> but the good news is Ramsey's getting amongst it now. Hopefully, he will uh, get back up to speed. Luca Dean, no real, nothing firm on him. He was back training this week. Oh, so we might so see him. He might be uh, back in for next week's game. Out, and out and um, Louise, of course, managed to play in the Sheffield game, having apparently been ill in the build-up to it. So he only All played right, so that's why he came off early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, transfer news recap. We've, we've kind of done this, but uh, Morgan Rogers in. Uh, he's the main one that's going to feature this uh, season. Uh, Linus Souza in from Arsenal, used to be a baggy, loaned straight out to Plymouth. That's really a Kane Kessler sweetener after we got him back to feature in the matchday squad. Joe Gucci from Adelaide United. He's one that hopefully is going to be a, a, a bit of a diamond. Hopefully. This is hopefully. who I wanted. I wanted a, a younger keeper who was decent to be groomed by uh, Martinez. So uh, when the day comes, we would have it covered. Yeah, also, the ways. Hmm. obviously the right back who stayed at uh, Red Star Belgrade. Troy off to Villarreal, Dendonka out the door to Napoli on loan. And then uh, Tommy O'Reilly and Josh Feeney were both sent on loan to uh, Emery's club, uh, Real Union, which he has ownership mm-hmm. in. And Philip Marshall went off to MK Dons on loan. What a move that is for Tommy O'Reilly and Josh Feeney. It's like a lad's holiday, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant, it's, yeah. Oh, I saw the I clips it's like of going them. on summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like perfect. They'll get lost. They'll they'll disappear in like Benidorm or something. <laughs> Never to be uh, seen meanwhile, again. Meanwhile, there was a fan advisory board meeting, uh, but it was only over Zoom. Uh, mainly, it was about uh, it was an informal one. It was mainly the new transport guy who's looking after all the the kind of logistics and the improving of the transport situation. He seems a sharp guy, so hopefully he will get things started. There should be some kind of news in the autumn in terms of upgrading Aston and Witten train station push to get more bike racks in uh, i think you can go now put your bike in the academy building which has uh, security there as well although it's a bit far from the ground isn't it uh, general chats about uh, potential transport uh, improvements but you know you have these we've been having these overall you know the last few years there's money also from the owners for improvement of the ground but you know this is just money that would would have been uh, put into the uh, north stand rebuild and the badge was mentioned somebody mentioned it because obviously the fa have said you've broken the rules on that bit of a um and anaring response and you know i've got an idea what's happening in the background but we'll, we'll see what happens there meanwhile villa women bit of a disappointing two-all draw against bottom of the table bristol who were behind twice in that game managed to pull it back there's a bit of a minaring there about what's going to happen in terms of clara ward but do you just put it down to a enough season and then see what happens at the end of it i think so i think so because currently eighth in you know there's 12 teams and they're not going to get relegated because bristol are on six points villa are on 13 but then there's a five point gap to the best of the rest which is fifth liverpool liverpool have done well because they were uh, i mean they were recently promoted 
But Villa really should be filling that fifth spot as they did last season. Well, they were looking to push on, weren't they? If anything, yeah. they wanted to close the gap with the big the big four who were, were quite the way ahead last year. Right, three points. Premier League TV earnings was released so you could get a grasp of where the real influence when it comes to FFP comes into play. It helps if you're on TV. So it helps if you're doing well and it helps if you're playing good football. And it helps if you're higher in the league because then you get picked more. Obviously, the top six feature on TV games a lot more. I mean, you just got to look at it. Manchester City 29 times, Arsenal 28, United 27. Newcastle actually got in there. This is what happens when you do well. They got they were on 26 times. Liverpool 28, this is last season. Aston Villa 18. So you see the drop. And how much is it per game? I think it's like three quarters of a million a game. Yeah, because you get like equal equal shares, don't you? Of certain. Well, you get that, but the actual games, you get bonuses for actually being shown. Yeah, so whereas their Spurs were on TV eight times more than Villa, and they earned six point seven million more over the season, so that's it's about three quarters of a million they get a game. Yeah, but it's it's a quick way of adding up money, really. Um, Thing to look at that is, I mean, Leeds were on TV more than Villa last season. They were on nineteen times to Villa's eighteen. And poor Brighton, who had a stellar season. Everyone says Brighton were the best team to watch last season. 16 games. Yeah. As I keep saying, you know, get in the Champions League and then that's that's where you really help because then suddenly you, you're in the revenue pool of a load of, of a TV revenue, which is top tier. Point number two, Schalke, who, speaking of the Champions League, used to be pop up in the Champions League reasonably frequently, could see the club actually fall out the German professional leagues. Schalke do not have the financial capabilities to obtain a league license. Yes, they don't have the financial capability to sort of like afford to be in the third German division. At the moment, they're in the second German division and they're heading towards relegation in it as well. They're currently 15th in an 18-team second Bundesliga table. They've got Incredible debts, haven't they? Is it like one one hundred and sixty-five million euros? They're in debt or something. Yeah, they were in a bad way before um, the lockdown, and then the lockdown has just it's compounded it, so they're even worse. So uh, not that's great. a big team. That not great times for them. Point number three: Chris Wilder, manager of the team that got beat five 0 by Aston Villa. Not a fan of, of assistant referees uh, eating sandwiches. It appears this was after the uh, Palace game where he wasn't happy with the decision, so he went in to discuss it with the uh, assistant referee, and he said, "I'm not just going to go under the radar and not say anything. I've been to see the referee, and I've told him that one of his assistants was eating a sandwich at the time, which I thought was a complete lack of respect. Hopefully, he'll in- he enjoyed his sandwich." while he was talking to a Premier League manager. Not for that much longer, Chris. Yeah, not for that much longer. Mm. Mm. Just enjoy, but, he, but he enjoyed it longer than you're going to be a Premier League manager. Yeah, and you fucking stormed into their wee room afterwards where he said he's eating his hard-earned you or maybe not hard-earned sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> interrupting his sandwich eating. Respect works both, works both ways. Two sides to this coin, isn't there? Right, what were we expecting from this game? There was a bit of dread, I thought. If Bailey wasn't starting, I, I thought, I can't watch this... Uh, pedantic plodding build-up play against Sheffield United because it just gives them time to set up to do exactly what they did at Villa Park. And it wasn't that at all, was it? But then you saw the team news. Interestingly, went for the defence, which I thought would start against Newcastle, to be honest, where you, you put Conzer in at the right-back position, Carlos in at centre-back alongside Longley. I thought you would have probably swapped 
that around and had Cash and Diaby against uh, Sheffield United. But anyway, pleasant surprise. Bailey started, Diaby on the bench. That wasn't really a surprise because you knew he had a back problem. So the last two games, he's kind of been easing his way in. But we've seen enough to suggest he could start. Yeah, we were, ex- we were expecting potentially a quite a difficult one. Obviously, Sheffield United had, a, had had a couple of all right performances, especially at home recently. Obviously, with the way Villa had been performing through January, you expected it to be a much more, potentially a real tricky game, this one. Mainly because of how Villa have been playing. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. if Villa were, were playing at their pomp, this would be, the expectation would be a, a reasonably comfortable uh, evening. But they had slightly improved over the last six games or so. Villa were waning a little bit so you thought mm, this could get a bit sticky but at the same time you, you need to turn this around and as I was saying to you Chris before the game you can really pick a better team to play against and, and away from home so you, you haven't got the pressure of the home crowd where there's an expectation that you should be beating these and sort of and dominating as well bing bang bosh it was over after half an hour <laughs> it was over yeah. after 20 minutes wasn't it <laughs> yeah, to be honest they did, they did show some life at the start. Does a Villa fan consider 3-0 safe or does it, do they consider 4-0 yeah. safe? That's the only real question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But Sheffield did nearly take the lead. I must have missed that. <laughs> you, you must have missed it. There was earlier on, because they, they did start to target Konza in the early stages of the game because they were playing a few high balls over him and Brereton Diaz get in and won and he shot like straight at Martinez and for once Martinez just, he just didn't save it perfectly it like squirmed Is that the one that like, squirmed under his body yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah squirmed under and he picked up an end but like after that that was what was it, it was barely an inconvenience because as soon as Villa took the lead that was one way traffic picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, it was surgically clinical for probably, what, it's about 18, 18 minute period where we scored four goals. All of them, really great goals. Beautiful approach play, clinical as fuck finishing. You thought this Douglas was... Douglas Louise sort of, pulling the strings in the midfield oh, for, I mean, the, I mean for the, the first one and the second one. Yeah, I mean, the, the pass for the first one's a great ball. Watkins is unlucky to obviously hit the post. McGinn's in the right spot. Gobbles the it up. The keeper saves tap. it, though. Yeah, it's really he sort of gets a little touch on it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It puts it onto the post. Unfortunate for him that it just rolls back straight to McGinn. Although McGinn yeah. does make the run, he anticipates the situation yeah. well. Yep. Yeah. And then, and the pass for the second, I mean, that's probably going to be Thank God it wasn't Morgan Rogers who would have missed from there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. And as I said, the, you know, the, the 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 pass from Louise for Watkins for the second goal. I mean, back to front, it's a really great move anyway. When the ball comes to Louise, Sheffield United weren't doing what Newcastle did brilliantly in the midweek game was Newcastle did not let our box midfield get on the ball at all and face yep. goal. Sheffield United, you thought, fucking hell, how much space do you want to give our midfielders? Yeah, Louise strange. has all the, all the time in the world. He's picked a beautiful ball with the outside of his foot to Watkins, who doesn't have to break stride, gets into the box sticks it past the keeper in the bottom corner. And at that point, you think, right, we should be all right here. And then a few minutes later, obviously, we get another move, a really nice move. They give the midfield stupid amounts of space again. And Bailey, again, they'd had the warning shot a few minutes earlier where he, he stuck one wide. Show him in on his left foot. Why you show Leon Bailey in field onto his left foot is just What shit. does Bailey do? Let me tell all opposition uh, managers. <laughs> he he kind of runs down the right, then he cuts in and on his left, and then he goes for that far corner, bends it in does it yep. every time if you've seen Iron Robin, he does what Iron Robin does but just not as well yet yeah. yeah 
and he cuts inside, whips it in the top corner, and at that point you think, well, 20 minutes gone and you're 3-0 down, and actually there's streams of Sheffield United fans going to the exits at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's game like, over, game over, it? over really. early, Well, I mean, we could have left as well, to be honest with you. Villa fans could have left because it's <laughs> well, like, we well, stuck around on the off chance we game might Game over, let's Newcastle's go back home, there's three points in the bag, let's see you later. We were hoping we'd maybe level Newcastle's eight, especially when it went to four. I thought Telemans had had a he'd had a chance off the previous set piece, hadn't he? And he sort of came to him at the back post, volleyed it into the ground. He probably should have done a little bit better with it, but then from the resulting corner, comes to him on the edge of the box, cuts cuts past one of the defenders and just whips it in the top corner. It's a brilliant goal. It's kind of like some of the, the shots. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Um, this is a redemption story, but yeah, you, you're selling him short here. The first, the first attempt came from a, an Austin McPhee special corner. It was, it was one, a good one that w- <laughs> we'd seen before. That whenever Villa were absolutely awful and useless, the two players run to take the same free kick, and we, we always wondered whether it was intentional or not intentional. Well, this time I'll give McPhee the benefit of the doubt. It was intentional because it got Sheffield in it completely out of sorts. Whenever I'm two boozled. players, yeah, to take the corner, and then Tiedemann's free at the back post, and he hit it under the ground, loops over the keeper, and the defender sort of flicks it over with the bar with his head. He was really on. Okay. But in this part of the narrative, he was just getting his eye in, wasn't he, for uh, a couple of minutes later? Yeah, and you, you yeah, were talking about Gary Parker's exit set, and well, there was Tiedemann's exit set into the, the yeah, top corner. It's a rocket. And it always looks better when it bounces off the underside of the bar. Yeah, this was the point where Chris Wilder should have thrown in the white towel and gone off to get a sandwich, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> Game over. Then it was just a matter of how many. But then you thought, well, you know how these things happen. Anybody who's 4-0 up, it normally ends 4-0 because there's a lack of intensity in the second half because the game's won. Uh, the other team doesn't want more embarrassment, so they defensively they're a bit more focused. Yeah, they just shut up shop, didn't they? And the team that's 4-0 up normally takes a foot off the gas, and this is what you kind of expected. Uh, but Villa got a goal straight away, and you thought, oh, hang on a minute, because Emery was making a point of celebrating every goal and, and wanting more from his yeah, players. Th- I think it was the third. He was very animated, wasn't he, for the, ba- the Bailey goal? Yeah, so you're thinking, oh, are we really going to go for it here to put on some grandstand humiliation of these blade bastards? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's another another Watkins assist. Obviously, the ball kind of comes to him in the on the corner of the penalty area. A lovely little clipped clip ball to the back post and Moreno smashes in a first-time volley. It's a lovely finish. We did forget that Ramsey did come on for Louise. Louise, uh, as we said, was not feeling 100% before the game. But what a luxury to be able to do that. You know, you're 4 up, the game's won. You could have probably taken other players off at half-time if you'd have wanted, but to be able to yeah. give Louise 45 minutes rest is a real luxury. And then obviously they also managed to take off was it Conza, Bailey, McGinn, Tiedemans through the game as well? So you've managed to save guys a little bit of legs for the, the midweek cup game. And the doubleheader basically, yeah, yeah, United on week. The... So in terms of the perfect way that a game could go, get it won in the first 47 minutes or so, and just they just completely took their foot off the gas after that. You know you, you know, you want to be entertained, but at the same time, you've had such a barnstorming first half that the job's done. Yeah, it was like Brentford when we mullered them. Yeah, or, or like the, in like the like first Harvey twelve minutes, uh, the second half's it's pretty much an anticlimax. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know, the, the job's done, and um, but there was still time for you know Martinez to make a couple of brilliant saves, wasn't there? Later on in the game, the double he always does them in yeah. doubles, doesn't he? He does, yeah, he does. But uh, they had the ball in the net when that was a bit of a taint to uh, the the evening's proceedings because it's you Pony just thought, defending. Let's be honest, it's a shit set piece. You thought, well, this is a bit, this is a bit, what you wanted a clean 5 0 or a 6 0 or, or whatever. You don't want any of this consolation goal bollocks. I mean, the main thing about scoring so many goals, it, it was like a bonus point because 
it gave us suddenly gave us a, a lift in goal difference against Spurs, who will be the main competitors as well at the moment they are anyway. In terms of that fourth place, yeah, because Spurs were ahead of Villa on goals scored. I mean, the goal yeah. difference was the same, and now Villa have a, a nice healthy plus five on them. So it was a very useful uh, result in that respect. I mean, you, you know, you can get greedy and say you wanted more, but ultimately, you know, five will do. And thanks to. Uh Thanks to Everton for doing us a favour. As in, obviously, in the midweek round of matches, all the results didn't go our way, so that was as important. I'm not big on chasing every result. Uh, no, no, every week. But I'm at least Villa looked after themselves. It was it was more about Villa putting in a performance. Yeah, at this stage of the game, you've got to sort out your own business, and Villa really needed to sort out their levels of performance. And this game is certainly a, a step in the right direction, 100. And but you need a a real seismic shift in belief and that would be beating Manchester United at Villa Park. Yeah, you need that sort of psychological boost where it's difficult in a game like this, isn't it, where whether you win 1-0 or 5-0 against the bottom of the table, the expectation is that you're going to go there and win. I think yeah. the manner in which Villa did it, certainly in that first half an hour, will sort of raise a few eyebrows, but I still think going away and winning comfortably at Sheffield United, no one will necessarily go, oh wow, Villa are the you know, they're back to the levels they were against Manchester City. You've got to go and do it against better sides, i.e. Chelsea in the Cup and Man United in the league. Morgan Rodgers didn't really, uh, making his debut, didn't really have a chance to uh, shine. I mean, he, in the 10 minutes he was on, well, 10 plus, including injury time, he only had uh, four touches. Where, where was he playing? I didn't really notice him. He tended to drift to the left, but he was, he was closely playing across the, the front line, but off, off Watkins, basically. Had a yeah, guilt, he, guilt edge chance, which we were joking about. Slightly behind him, wasn't he? Kind of, he tried to clip it and it went over. But I mean, I'm interested to see him. Obviously, he won't feature. Well, <laughs> we hope he doesn't feature against Chelsea midweek. Villa's track record in the last couple of weeks has not been good on this. So, just a reminder to the people at Villa Park that he can't play in the cup game against Chelsea. Yes, as the Villa women's uh, team have shown us. Oh, that was a disaster. I think it'll be like cameos off the bench like this if we're winning. That's mm-hmm. his role at the moment, I think. Especially until he's really found a role, and that will come through, you know, training and and weeks of it. To be honest, under Emery, because he's and normally, you know, you're stepping into the broad stroke. He's a, a fairly successful winning side who've got you know guys who have been doing the job for the most part. So, but in his favour, he's got the injuries to Zaniola and Duran. So uh, yes, you know, he'll be on the bench. So he, you know, he'll, yeah. he'll get minutes uh, here. And his and physical there. profile means you you probably can play him down the middle if you need to. Yeah, Archer came on. 64th minute kind of gave it a go didn't he for a for, for a bit yeah he's i mean he's you, you can see the attraction of uh, archer but i think he, he's not a lone striker though is he no we said this the other the other day was for the weekend that his, his his play in and around the penalty area is really sharp yeah which is as you'd want it to be but it's his overall play you know the, the difference for example he isn't going to dislodge ollie watkins in terms of watkins's overall play outside of the penalty area and that's what you know. Most Premier League teams play with a lone striker, so he's going to have to really improve that. That said, he's a useful, you know, a useful player to have about. It was, I think he, fought, I think it was at the end of the game, he forced a really great block actually out of Clement Longley. Had a couple of those in the game. He had a, he had Longley. A, he had a, uh, he's, he's good at reading the game. I mean, you've got to give yeah, him credit. Is. In the defensive part of his game, is very good. You can see why he's made such moves to Villa and you know played at Barcelona. He does read the game really well, as we saw against Newcastle. Two, but it's basically saved two goals essentially. Yep. Right, before we go on, a big shout out to the My Old Man Said members, as always, and thanks to those especially for joining us in Match Club, where we get together for the away games. Next one will be Fulham, uh, I believe. Not a happy hunting ground, that place, is it, in recent years? Oh, don't put people off. 
<laughs> but thank you for your support and the new members. Special thanks to Mr. Alex Jones, Dan Wayne, DJ Souza for becoming an annual member. If you become an annual member, you get 10% off. Shane Moore as well. And David Kent. Thank you very much to all you guys. You play a big part in keeping the My Old Man Said Roadshow on the road. YouTube can become a My Old Man Said member and get access to Match Club, ad-free shows and extra shows as well. I will finally get around to doing these extra shows in the next few days because we did a, a reaction to Newcastle as there was like three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back, uh, shows uh, which kind of got in the way of doing uh, extra ones, but there will be ones for My Old Man Said members uh, very soon. So please do go to myoldmansaid.com. Click on the membership link to get more details there. Right, key stats from this game, Mr. Shaw. Oh, they're all good stats. Ollie Watkins is the first player in Europe's top five leagues to get 10 goals plus 10 assists in, in their league, respectively. What, Another this season or ever? Oh, well, this season. Another good one is Aston Villa scored three goals in the opening 20 minutes of a Premier League game for just the third time in their history. And it was the very first time they did it away from home in the competition. That came Ooh. from Opta, that one. What about life before the Premier League? There was no life before the Premier League. I know, we know I, this. No, do you not? Do you, if you not there was no well, Opta. No, if you've not listened to modern media, there was no life before the Premier League. And uh, anything else on that score? No player has both scored or assisted in more different Premier League, League games this season than Ollie Watkins, with four. Yeah, what's it called? Goal involvements. Yes, goal involvements. It's funny when they interview players now and they go, you are top of the goal involvements table. And it's like, does that mean anything to players? Well, it shows they're imp you know, they're, they have an output for their team, I suppose. You know, strikers who aren't necessarily scoring every week, but they are... Oh, yeah, no, I, I understand that, obviously. But, you know, it's normally like, oh, you've scored. You know, it's all about scoring and assists, isn't it? Which is essentially what involvements are. He's actually second in the league this term behind Mo Salah. So he might overtake him if he can, if Salah's Salah still injured. So another couple of games he could no be top. No surprise who the uh, fantasy Premier League top Villa player is. No, it's Ollie Watkins with currently 15 points, but you'd imagine he'd get a couple more for bonus for being player of the match. Right, Phil, while you're... Uh, on the mic, time for Media Muppets. What have you got this week, Phil? Well, it's a it's a very quick one this week. It's all about ex-villain Andy Vyman scoring a late winner against Birmingham City for West Who, How old is he, Phil? He is 33. Most people listening are thinking where he retired years ago, didn't he? He's 32 slash 33. We haven't worked out exactly how Somebody old he is 35. yet. No, that was a guess. Haven't you heard of Google? We Googled <laughs> it. He's 32. So why is Phil giving us this 33? Because I haven't Googled it yet. Telling me? You're not doing your research. That's why you get the big bucks. Hold on. He's 32. I'm telling you he's 32. He's, he's 33? He's not 33. He was born right? on the 5th of August, 1991. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah. Right, deduct him from the big bucks. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, get to the point of this. Yes, get to the point. So he scores a goal for West Brom to win it. A late, late winner for West Brom against Birmingham. I didn't even know he was playing for West Brom uh, before I heard this news. Anyway, carry on. So, so what do you do? I mean, doesn't matter if you played for Villa or not. Playing for Villa gives it, you know, a bit of added bite, but it, it gives a bit to the Blues fans afterwards. I mean, this didn't stop the, the Daily Mail's Tom Colomos criticising him. He said it was a spectacularly stupid thing to do after last week's crowd trouble in the Wolves versus West Brom game, the FA Cup game Perfectly with the Hawthorns. normal behaviour, if you ask me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is. And it's, but there's two things here that he's left out that was different last week. Firstly, the crowd trouble last week was because the away fans celebrated in the home end. I mean, that was it. There was, there was Wolves fans in the West Brom fans end and they celebrated when Wolves scored. That's what started the trouble. And second, I mean, I'm sure Wyman got a lovely reception from the Traveling Blues fans and, you know, a polite round of applause when he came onto the pitch and everything else. So if he scores, he's perfectly entitled to give them a bit back. So People just, people just need to stop being offended. Yeah, if you're a new uh, Villa fan or, or if you don't know who we're talking about, Andy Weiman basically came through the ranks of uh, Villa, the Austrian, and played under Lambert as a foil to Christian Benteke and a player who's played for Villa and you, and then you go on and wherever you end up, you know, unfortunately he ended up in the toilet of West Brom, but never mind, he's still got to score against the Blues and if you're an ex-Villa player, you celebrate and you make sure they know it as well. So, Mr. Tom from the Daily Mail, you don't know what you're talking about, Sam. Right, on that note, looking forward to the Cup game or the game against United? more Both, which one to be honest for different reasons Man U feels like a big one the first of the kind of you'd say real big games of the season one that's starting to I'm looking forward strength. to United 100% yeah, Chelsea whatever to be honest I'm looking forward to Chelsea mm. as well United is the one, the crunch. After it ruined my not ruined my Christmas but that would have been a good Christmas if we'd beaten United yeah that, that, that kind of put a little uh, bit of a stink on it so I want I want them buried Chelsea whatever United three points on that note it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye sorry did i piss on your chelsea parade (laughs) (laughs) you bastard (laughs) Uh, i'll be there by the way i'll be there closer to emery than you ever could imagine Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.